Good morning, everyone. It's good, uh, it's good to see everybody here, bright and awake and alert, so we know that y'all didn't get too crazy last night. So definitely want to welcome you all to the panel, Developing the Next Generation of Game Industry Talent. Um, we have a very amazing uh, set of panelists here that I will let them introduce themselves. I'll start out with myself first. So my name is Donald Harris. I've been in this industry, the games industry, for yeesh, uh, somewhere close to 18 years. Thank you. Uh, somewhere close to 18 years, and currently I uh, am a, an executive producer at a studio called Farbridge, and we do a lot of work with uh, AAA studios and doing uh, some work with uh, Gearbox and work with uh, Wizards of the Coast. And then at night, I also um, have an organization called ATX Game Makers, where I work to increase the diversity in the games industry. So that's a little overview about me. I will be your moderator, trying to keep these guys in line. <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, and then I will let David start his introduction. Hello, my name is David Najab. I work at Gearbox Entertainment, where uh, I handle government relations. I I've been involved with the game industry for over 20 years. I came to the game industry from uh, academia. I'd started a couple of programs, one at the University of Texas at Dallas, and then the Guildhall at SMU. Um, and from there, I, I'd worked with a number of game uh, development studios and uh, got into the game industry that way with, with Gearbox. Hi, my name is Nika Noor. I, uh, I currently work at Genda Entertainment, where we develop products called Miles. Uh, they're very much like Bandersnatch on steroids, uh, where we develop all of these narrative branching, live services type gaming experiences. Uh, we've done The Walking Dead Pac-Man, and we've just announced our efforts with Konami on Silent Hill. I've known these guys throughout the years prior to being in publishing. I was actually a video game lobbyist and worked in politics, and in between ran a global nonprofit to help entry-level talent in gaming. And then I do have a university affiliation once we start talking about academia, where I have, uh, I'm currently a PhD candidate at UC Irvine. Hello, I'm Manuel Delgado, I'm with Six Foot. Uh, we're a game developer, we're an entertainment company uh, out of Houston, so we make games, we make films, uh, we publish books, comic books, uh, a lot of really cool nerdy stuff, uh, but our heart and, and, and soul is on video game development. Uh, our latest game you may have heard of is Dreadnought, it's like World of Tanks in space, um, and uh, yeah, I have a little bit of an accent, very few people can pick it up, but in case you guys uh, haven't. Uh, I'm from Venezuela originally, uh, but I've been in Texas for a long time. And oh, and I'm the CMO of the company, uh, but I also have a, a very particular interest in education and you know, open, opening doors for the next generation of uh, professionals. All right, so now that you guys know a little bit about us, uh, let me get a, a show of hands. How many people out here are in the, uh, in the games industry right now? Nice. Okay, all right. How many people looking to get into the industry? All right. Cool. And any folks from the academia, universities, and professors? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Great. Nice. Right on. All right. So kind of helps us uh, tailor our answers and questions. And so I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with our first question. And um, David, I will I'll start with you. I'll pick on you just because you're closest. So uh, there's a disconnect between the current educational training and the job skills needed by the video games industry. So why do you think that is the case? I, I know that, like when I started with the Guildhall, there weren't many game, or if any, game programs, and now I see them all over, and those people apply for jobs from us, and most, you know, 95% of the schools are not training them for things that we can hire them for. Uh, coming from academia, I think a big part of the reason is it's created within the institutions and they don't reach out enough to industry to get, uh, to learn what the proper skills are. And I, I've been to conferences before and with other game developers and we all hire from the same schools. It just seems like uh, maybe there should be a better job from the schools to reach out and, and to learn what skill sets are needed from our industry. 
So you're saying that you, you're wanting the universities to come towards us to, to get more of that <coughs> guidance on, on what they should be training. Yeah, I, I don't, like, when we started the Guild Hall, we went out to industry and actually had them develop the program. And a lot of times I'll have, I will have academic people come and they have a whole program and they'll want to fill in two classes. And two classes aren't enough to train for anything. I want to be specific here. I know we have people here from Canada and we have studios in Canada. This isn't really a problem in Canada, but it is in the United States where a lot of the schools, they're training with something, they're calling a gaming degree, but they're not getting the skill sets they need to be hired by us or other, other companies. And I'm just suggesting that they work out in a program where it's cumulative and going stair-stepping through programs in four years where they can get enough skills to work for us. And there are a few schools that do that, and it's a problem that can be fixed. Yeah, that, that was, uh, if I may, that was going to be precisely my point, right? That's, in a way, a generalization, right? There are schools that are better than others in reaching... Nice. You all heard that, right? <laughs> I mean, like, the angels are back. <laughs> okay, so... Um, You are very <laughs> Yeah, this is... Please, yeah. please tell me you're hearing the celestial oh, music. <laughs> it's apparently it's the other room. I thought it was our sound system. No, 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 no good, good. I thought it was it's, Manny. It's, it's, no, it's, it's real, it's real. Please okay. spread it's real. the truth. No, um, the point that I, that I was uh, hoping to make is that there are schools that do a uh, better job than other schools, right? So the, 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 there are programs that, to me, are very interesting and very on point. Uh, I was talking to... Uh, uh, Tyler, last night, he teaches at UT, and apparently he has a program where students are supposed to start from scratch, and the last project is when they deploy their game on Steam. I mean, that's like from, from soup to nuts. I think that's very valuable because they get to feel, uh, you know, the real world pains that we all experience at one point or another. Um, that being said, I wish there was a closer uh, connection and interaction, you know, with our businesses because we're hoping to get as many of, of, of you know, the, the talent that you graduate. Uh, and we'd love to you know, work together more. And then the other thing um, is that video game development is very, very attractive for a young you know, video game player, right? Suddenly you're uh, finishing high school and you realize you can make a living at playing video games, at making video games. For many uh, you know, high school grad, that's the dream job. And there's a lot of opportunity for universities that may want to almost like predate on that love and passion for video game. And you have a lot of you know, questionable programs that are there that are expensive that may not be as uh, ideally matched with, uh, with our needs. Uh, now, should we bank the wall? <laughs> no. no. Okay. Well, sorry. I mean, I think what you're saying is a really good point. And um, when I answer these questions today, I'm actually going to draw references from a study that I just conducted that's hot off the press, is not yet published. And we actually interviewed um, and reached out to over 60 gaming companies to understand their hiring needs and maybe where the disconnect is from the university level. And there were six findings. And I want to kind of stand up for the university for a minute, which I almost never do, um, because I, I love the real world. But, um, you know, we, we say, oh, universities need to reach out. They aren't uh, building enough relationships. But the truth is we have more entry-level um, applicants than we have spaces available. And in, ter in today's market, with the pandemic and remote work, when you're a small to medium-sized company, you don't have the resources for that entry-level pipeline. You don't have time to um, divvy senior staff talent to ramp up and onboard when you're trying to launch a new product or a game that maybe isn't in a big AAA corporate infrastructure. And so we now have less senior talent available for the plethora of jobs that are out there because people are looking for very, very specific, very senior folks because of the ramp up time, the resources, production costs all get driven down. And you have a lot of eager beavers that are graduating with weak portfolios. They're maybe only studying one or two uh, tools in the universities because universities don't know that like, hey, we're actually utilizing nine different engines to produce one game mechanic. It's not, um, it's not that there's a disconnect because 
people are just disconnected. It's that we haven't figured out yet how to take a very young industry, an industry which used to have no degree, and actually ramp people up for a real video game job. But universities have a dual purpose. They're also trying to make, you know, little people become like great humans, right? Like go out and actually know more than just your job. Know, know about history and calculus and agriculture or wherever it is you're going to school. It's not just, universities are not trade schools. So we're trying to figure out the balance between having gaming curriculum keep up with the current standards, but recognize that the tools will always outpace and kind of outrun the trajectory that is what our production pipelines look like today. So, okay. <laughs> I'll shut up now. No, no, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right back to you. Because there's, there's something you said there when you were, you were talking about the entry-level positions and the folks that are, like, coming out of the university trying to get into these, right. uh, these entry-level positions. And then, you know, we've all kind of talked about the, the, the spacing in between our needs as hiring managers and things like that in the university's teachings. So then the question I want to pose to you is, do you think a college degree is important to someone who is trying to get into this industry? I'll, I'm over, like, way over-educated because I couldn't figure out my life, so I have way too many degrees and have gotten scholarships and whatnot, ranging from biodefense to, like, my current informatics. Um, so I, I value education because I love learning, right? I, I, I grew up not liking people, and I liked books. So that's just different. But I'm going to re I'm going to answer your question in terms of what the 22 plus recruiters told me when I asked them, you know, do you require a game degree for your jobs? And 21 out of 22 recruiters that I've worked in over 100 companies with a bazillion years of experience all said no. Like unless you are super specialized or an attorney, um, a video game degree today does not get you a job. It's your portfolio, your experience. Did you do game jams? What have you worked with? Have you um, done an entrepreneurial thing? Have you done an internship? Uh, there wasn't a single gaming company that was like, oh, I absolutely care about these three classes that that school offered. And I think that's really jarring because essentially what they're all telling me is those four years in a university are kind of a waste. So you're coming out of school, you're coming with um, some debt in your pocket, but a lot of companies are currently ready to hire you if you have a whole host of other experiences that are not relevant to your university studies. That, that's interesting because I, I thought for sure that you were going to tell me that the recruiters, recruiters would value that, not necessarily I know I don't. Like, yeah. when I'm looking for people to hire, like, I don't necessarily say, oh, well, you didn't have a two-year, four-year degree or whatever the case may be. So that's interesting. I thought it would be more split. I really thought, like, I think one company was like, yeah, a degree is good. And I specifically asked, what about CS versus gaming? They're like, yeah, a gaming degree would be good because it shows passion for the industry. They weren't even like, oh, because it's going to make mean that like I can hire them and they're ready to go to jump on this team to actually deliver on this other pipeline or this project and ship a game. Uh, you know that I, I agree. Uh, we are uh, like you, so we look for talent, and uh, you know the degree part of the resume, but for us it has more weight what you have done already and what you can sh what you have shown before applying for a job. That being said, thinking about this from the, the candidate point of view, I think not having a, a, you know, a degree of some sort, whether it's a specialization on game design or what have you, or just a more generalistic, general, general marketing, you know, business, what have you, not having a degree puts you as a candidate at a disadvantage. Again, we have more applicants, scores, more applicants than opportunities. And when you're overwhelmed with application, you start finding you know, easy ways to filter out candidates, right? And if you have 100 candidates and 80 have a college degree of some sort, that might be a factor. So unless you have done 
extraordinary things on your own, right? You have a couple of games published or you have composed music for a handful of games or have created this incredible key art that you can show. Well, a degree is not the ticket to enter. At least it'll put you at an at a equal, you know, at a level playing field with most of the other candidates that might be going for that same position. That is my... What do you think, David? Yeah, uh, going back like when we started, there were no game degrees. The people were hired usually came from modding communities where they would take a game and make their own game or their own variation of game. Um, and even today, if we get applicants that have done something along those lines, like created a team and done something that shows initiative, that has a, uh, that shows their skill set, they're really desirable to hire as a, as a student. So we do have a number of people from that have college degrees, but they went on their own and pushed it further and did their own things. And um, that can still be done. Um, but it, like the others, we don't the degrees. Is, that's not the important thing, but if there are schools from, there are certain schools that we hire a lot from because they'll have enough to show for it. Okay, all right, so I wanna, I wanna kind of circle back a little bit uh, <clears throat> and ask, so earlier we, we were talking about having the universities come to us and like, hey, you know, they, they should come to us so that we can, help mold and, and structure their, their instructions and their training. So I snap my fingers, that happens tomorrow. We have University of Texas calling you up. Hey, so how do we go about, as, as the people in the industry, how do we go about making that change and, and, and changing the education system to now create people that we're like, oh man, I know for a fact that this, this person came out of the UT they have the skills that I need. Okay, I mean, there's certain things that, if you look at the programs where we hire from, are consistent. Um, they're cumulative, like there's a number of schools where they'll have cafeteria styles where anybody can drop in at any class, take this, do this. The, there are cumulative skills that need to be learned. For programming, we want, we prefer like C++ or something, not just scripting type things. Um, working together in groups where you have artists and level designers and programmers, different skill sets working together to create projects so we know they work together and they have portfolios to show. I think all of us say portfolios and portfolios that are, that show us something that, wow, this person can work in a team and can do it. Um, these are things that can happen. And I do have a number of schools, we have a number of schools, I'm sure you all do too, reach out to you and say, we have this program and they'll give us like two or three classes or even four, it's just not enough, we need something cumulative, and it could still, I mean, I come from academia, I know the requirements on what are in a four-year institution. There is room, and there are schools that do it. It can be done. We can't, we cannot, like, sit here and be like, oh, we can, we're going to change university structures. Like, I, I, like, coming from the angle of, like, okay, we're going to change it for them is, like, not, I just don't think that's going to be um, helpful, because we're talking about like hundreds of institutions, all in different states, all with their own policies. And from the industry perspective, it's like, what is it that's within our control that we can do today? And, and some of it is like, okay, if you really want to hire people that know how to use your tool, well then figure out a way to sponsor a game jam or something with prize money so that people build and ideate and create and do low lift, low dollar ways that aren't going to hamper your current timelines, especially if you're a gaming startup or a smaller studio that has to hit a P&L, um, but is a little bit more active in the community. This whole like, we're gonna have academia come to me is just like, I don't, Today's academic professors are still dealing with students reeling from the pandemic, lacking tons of soft skills, they're grading 80 papers, they have to make a deadline, some dean is being an asshole about something, somebody else lost funding. Oh yeah, and let me just call up Riot Games to see if they, like that's just not gonna be okay, well realistic. Then, well then should we reach out to them? Absolutely. So, okay. so then, if, if we're reaching Recognizing out... Recognizing that not all of them have even the internships to offer, right? Like, who offers internships? All of the big guys. So how do students and faculty know to reach out to smaller companies and studios that have hiring needs? Sorry, um, Donald. No, <laughs> no, I, 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 I knew what I was getting into. Back to you. I, uh, I knew what I was getting into. 
So, okay, so with, with that, I'm not gonna lie, you did throw me off my questions now, mm -hmm. off the bat. So, but with that being said, so, do you, again, like, I guess you, you, you're saying that you wanna put the onus more on us. It's faster, to, to, it's to faster to do private. Say, what are you talking about? Like, look at um, when gaming makes anything, we work way faster than universities. We could put together an entire uh, concept art in less than 30 days. In, in, in universities, they take a whole semester to learn what concept art is to begin with. But how do I balance that with the fact that I have this milestone coming up and now I need to go out and like- Well, ideally- educate people and then like build a tool and a class and a- I, 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 I know ideally our trade associations would be more helpful for this process. Like that's the entire point of nonprofits, institutions, organizations. And just for those that are cringing, I have <laughs> been part of the trade association <coughs> landscape and clearly a part of the problem. I see that. Uh, but like this is, this is about like if you have the company bandwidth and the resources, making sure that your HR and recruiting is equipped and prioritizing this work. If you're a smaller company and studio, I feel for you. <clears throat> You've got to hit that milestone, but you also, as a small business owner, just like you would in any other industry, you reach out to your community, you figure out what's going on, you're looking up your tax incentives. And so it's, it's kind of part of the package of running a business. That's any industry. To me, it seems like, okay, we've got to shift games. Our biggest problem is getting enough talent. Um, if we're not getting help in, uh, domestically, then we can go to Canada and we can go where they will work with us. The Sage Epson universities will work with us and help design programs. They subsidize internships. Some of the schools have five-year programs where the last year is, is totally uh, internship. We have to ship games. So if it's not gonna happen here, it'll happen somewhere else. Mm, you were you were touching on a whole nother subject. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I want to no, hear no, how v, I want to hear how David's going to solve the visa problem next. Well, <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's not a problem. Not. Manny, no. you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> so, now I want to take. I want to add a sidebar. Uh, you mentioned that there's no uh, trade schools for video games. However. Uh, I've seen a few programs in community college uh, colleges uh, that do, you know, good work, um, and and I like uh, the community college aspect of the industry because it opens doors to to kids that may not be able to go to a four-year degree because they're you know they're working or I mean that uh, it offers a, a, an alternative path, right? Um, I'm in Houston, so. Uh, there's a University of uh, Houston, they have a program, University of uh, Houston downtown, they have some classes. Uh, Rice University have certain things, and, and University of St. Thomas, and the Houston Community College. Uh, we've been in Houston for about 20 years. The company has been, we started making gains maybe eight or nine years ago. The first time that I met anybody from those universities was when we invited the IGDA local chapter to uh, show off what they were working, right? We had about 40, 50 people show up in our office, and we're pretty much the only you know, uh, uh, game developer uh, with structure in Houston. And uh, that gave me pause, right? Because they've been you know, working super hard trying to educate these, these kids, um, and they had not reached out to us ever. We had heard from Texas A&M, for instance, right, and, and the people who run the, the VIST lab at Texas a and they're very active reaching out and they invite us to their game jams and so on, right. Um, to Nika's point, I hadn't called them either. So, like, I'm, I'm doing some soul searching right now as, as we speak. Um, but, but I do have a question. So, uh, those of you who are in the video game industry right now, you mind uh, raising your hands. Uh, keep your hand up if you feel your degree was instrumental in getting you your job and making you a better uh, member of these video game companies. So that's kind of telling, yeah. right? Like, and this is more senior level talent. I mean, the, the problem isn't even like the fact that we have way too many people applying that maybe aren't up to snuff or out of the box or hireable, it's retention. We don't retain 
people in the industry, because let's be honest, this is a brutal industry. If you are 35 or to 40, and you are looking at the rest of your career in gaming, let's pretend a game takes three to five years to develop and ship. That means, and let's pretend you're working till 55. That means you are actively making decisions to make maybe about four to five more games the rest of your life, knowing that you might get laid off, knowing that you might run out of money, knowing that um, there will be inevitable production delays, and knowing that your salary might not actually keep up with the market and you actually have to leave to hit everything going on with life, bills, inflation. Uh, it's, it's pretty brutal. It's, of course, like when, when Google comes in, not today, not this year, but typically then when Google comes in with a pile of cash and says, hey, do you want to um, work more equitable hours, have great health care, usually job security, and uh, be on a more direct pipeline or pathway on a product? A lot of people are like, yeah, stock options look nice. And in gaming, we don't, we have such a, um, we have, we have such a beautiful ecosystem where everything is, you know, not necessarily a straight line in our careers, but we don't have that stability to retain folks that have just done a great job. People get burned out, people get tired, people are tired of crunch, people are tired of asshole managers that are maybe stressed out because somebody else got mad at them over a document that wasn't uploaded in JIRA. <laughs> so we are that, a very that doesn't happen in other tech companies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sure it does. So um, <laughs> we're a very young industry, right? And that is part of you know the things we need to consider. If you think about the founders of the automotive industry, the creators <laughs> of the of the automotive industry, the creators of the energy industry, the creators of any diapers, anything, any industry. They're being like dead for like a hundred years, right? The creators of our industry are still around. There's a handful of them here at South by, right? We're a teenage industry. We're having growing pains. And when I look at the the, the, the talent development program of you know established companies like you know HP or Shell or you know the large tech companies. They take you from college and you go into this two-year rotational program where you go through all of the divisions of the company and then you figure out where is your best talent and then, then you spend one day in a different office. It's like we are so far from being that mature and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because we're making things up as we go along. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be that hard on ourselves as long as we are aware that we have to just get over these growing pains and, and, and become... Uh, grown-ups, uh, I love this industry. Um, think about it, our jobs is literally to convince people to play more and to create things that people want to play. Uh, there's these stickers you see now and again in Texas said, you know, the best day, the worst day fishing is like, you know, it's better than the best day in the office. I was like, well, the worst day in the video game industry is better than the best day in many other, very best day than many other industries. And, and sometimes when, when I'm, you know, hating Jira or like <laughs> starting to fantasize, how relaxing would it be to be in jail, right? It's like nothing's bothering me. <laughs> so um, I remind myself, right, of the industry where we are and what we do. I, I, these guys have heard me get into the soapboxes before. Right? I think the world will be a way better place if more people play more. Right? We'd be nicer to each other. We, you know. Anyway, that, that, that's philosophical. That being said, I think it's our responsibility, everybody in this room, to grow up as an industry and then to work together to make that happen. I'm, I'm going to try to bring this, this talk back on the tracks here, but uh, <laughs> Nika, Manny, all of you have, have brought up some really good points, especially about the youthfulness, youthfulness of our industry and some, definitely some of the things that we have to get fixed as far as like retention and, yeah. and all of that good stuff. But, you know, David, you, you were speaking about some of the universities that you've worked with in, or that you know of in Canada and how they work with us. Like, barring all, of, with all of the things that Nico just brought up and Manny just brought up, like, what are some of those success stories coming out of there that we can take and try to like, and there are a lot. There are success stories here too. I don't mean to be totally gloomy, right? Well, there are yeah. certain schools yeah. that, that work with us. Um, I think institutionally, sometimes they're set up 
uh, like we're in Quebec, and I know the SEGEP system's set up to have, and it's more of a vote tech thing, but they give a three-year program where students can learn a specific skill, um, and they work very heavily with industry on the development of what they do. Um, and there are examples of that here, um, too, where schools work, work closely with it. And there are great schools here, like, like DigiPen, we hire a lot from them, or uh, um, uh, USC, or there's, there's schools where they really do work closely. So I don't mean to be totally, totally negative on it, but. Is it, so is it, well. But man. also there's federal funding that funds internships and makes it much easier to work in Canada, the things that we don't have here, which, so institutionally, there's a, a METEX program where yeah. they, they take students and there's, uh, later years in uh, SIGIPs, like their community college, Votech thing, or their university, and they, they'll work with an institution. Which, uh, internships are wonderful, because it's a great way for students to see if this is where they want to be, and for companies to see if yeah. that's where they like, and yeah. huge success rate for people going through internships. And that's another thing that really, the more that's done, the, better, the more successful as far as getting people that get jobs from institutions uh, will work. They're, they're proven, it's a proven way to get people from school, from institution to work okay. in career. And then, Nika, do you have any success stories? I know <laughs> you just laugh right when I ask you yeah. that question. I, mean, I don't have any like stories per se. I just feel like applying for a QA position in a gaming company shouldn't be like applying to like Stanford. And that's just where we are right now is we're looking for anything to get people to stand out um, because there's just so many applicants. And I'm, look, I love that in Canada there's federal funding for internships and they're valuing the industry. But in the United States, like, I don't see federal funding for video games coming up like anytime soon. I just don't. And the reason being is it's still not, um, I think we take the industry very seriously in the United States as this big, growing, booming economy, but we don't still say like, oh, being a video game developer is really cool, right? Like we're, there are still families and institutions in parts of the country that are not San Francisco, Austin, New York, that are like, no, a good, respectful job is going into medicine, becoming a lawyer. Like there's still very traditional values around what it means to work and the future of work. And we have to recognize that like South by Southwest is an incredible, beautiful space where we talk to each other about fixing these problems, but if you want to like diversify the ecosystem and build businesses more broadly, you have to reach out to pockets of the country that don't take our industry very seriously. You still have parents that are like, and my son plays lots of video games, how do I get him to stop? And I'm like, just be happy he's not doing drugs, right? Like, that's as good as a counter as it gets because I'm not even gonna break through trying to explain the value of video games to some households. It's just not gonna happen. And I'll be like, well, at least he's not out in the streets. And they're like, great point. I love that my kids aren't in the streets. It's like, I don't know if that helps, but. <laughs> you know, as a, as a father, I, uh, yeah. had my I like to, I would like to know where, you know, I, I think it's nice to know where your kids are. They're in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, that's just so weird. Yeah. All right, so, you know, okay, so we, we've been kind of, hammering on academia and, and things like that. I want to kind of like steer the conversation a little bit differently. So Manny, what, and, I'll, and I'll direct this question to you. Like, so you said you're the CEO. No, CMO. CMO, okay, sorry. So C-suite. Yeah, so let's, we'll, we'll take it to C-suite. Um, I don't know why I heard CEO. Anyways. I uh, identify as a CEO sometimes, <laughs> but I'm actually a CMO. Yeah. And so, and we've talked about the, the internship uh, in, in, in different, different variant flavors, we've talked about internships here. What do you see as the ideal, or do you see a path for, for like intern to CEO? Like, is that something that exists in our industry that's like, you know, so, or QA to CEO? So that, that's a very good question. So um, I'm gonna take a small detour, but a, a friend of mine, he went to film school at uh, USC, uh, uh, that, that day you know, in, in California, right, University of Southern California. 
And uh, he, uh, remember one time he went to a lecture by Spielberg, right? Big deal, Steven Spielberg is there, and of course he just got up early, he showered, and he showed up, and he was absolutely convinced that somehow he was going to catch Spielberg's eye, and, and, and Spielberg was going to hire him, right? And uh, he came and kind of sat close to the front and like making eye contact and just absolutely convinced that that was the day where Spielberg was going to come down and say, hey, listen, I noticed you, you know, let me, let me get my people to, to, to talk to your people. Oh, you don't have any people, then don't worry, right? Just come and I'll embrace you, you know, take, me on, take you under my wing and just, you know, we'll do great movies together. That was his little fantasy, right? And then at some point, uh, Spielberg told the audience, hey, I know that a lot of you think I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna hire you, right? <laughs> and let me tell you, I will not hire any of you today. I'm probably never. But do you know who's gonna hire you? Look around you. Look at your friends. Look at other people that are here like you that are gonna be making films. Those are the people that are going to hire you, and those are the people that will be me in just a few years, right? And that was very eye-opening for him. So one thing that I love about our industry is that in most careers, when you go interview for a position, you're interviewing based out of promises, right? And out of your ability to convince people that you can actually do stuff. If you hire me, I will do this, right? The beauty of the video game industry is that you can show up for a job interview and you can s walk them through the things that you have done that are relevant for the industry, right? You can do your own game. Somebody was asking me a couple of days ago, how do you get songs, I'm a musician, how do you get songs into video games? He said, well, find somebody building a video game. Music is one of the hardest assets, right, to get by if you're an independent game developer, like the sound designer, you probably have to pay for it, whatever. Just find somebody who's building a game work with them for free, but then you start building portfolio, right? So the fastest path, I think, from QA to CEO, right, is to start doing things as soon as you can, right? Be generous with your time and talent. And I know that it sucks, right, because we all want to be paid for, for our time. But uh, that's one way that you can get, you know, a differentiated among this crowd of people who want to be discovered and want to do the same things uh, that you want. Again, a young industry. Most of the people running video game companies either started that company or you know, got acquired by that company. So you have a lot of makers, a lot of you know, self-starters that are now running our industry. I don't know if that's a useful answer, uh, but that's how we see it. it, it, it that, that's a useful answer. And I, I see Nika like, smiling. Did you, did you have some commentary on that? I mean, so like Manny's giving incredible advice that everybody should take, but like, have you talked to a 20-something recently? The, the, the mindset of Gen Z is a, it's a different workforce. We did like a lot of scholarships and mock interview training, and I met so many, so many wonderful, aspiring gaming professionals in their 20s looking to leave college, and I was exhausted because I'd get on these Zoom calls in the pandemic and be like, so... Walk me through what, uh, what your steps are and what you want to do with your life. I want to be a video game CEO. Great. Glad we've defined what success looks like. How are you going to do it? Walk me through it. Well, I'm going to become really famous on TikTok. I'm going to get 10 million followers, a bunch of brand deals, and then someone will eventually give me money to make a game. And I just looked at my Zoom screen, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because this was not the first time I heard this answer. Every other call was some awesome, talented, brilliant yuppie that wanted to be famous first and then thought they would magically become CEO. I had to work for free for nine months before I could get a job. I had to beg people. I said, I'll make the coffee. I'll take out the trash. I worked 18-hour days. I didn't sleep. My health was definitely not in great state, so I don't recommend that path. And it's like, look, I appreciate your boundaries and your dreams, but how is being famous going to make video games happen? And uh, unwinding that mentality of, like, I don't have to, like, I have to collect likes 
and then people will just like me and I will just be a likable CEO was the most insane experience I've ever had as a mentor. And so I think that they all need a lesson in Manny where they just sit them down and he goes, I'm not hiring any of you. <laughs> we need to humble these guys. That's level set right now. I'm not hiring you. Yeah, I, I want to say, okay, I, I've had mind-blowing experience. It's like, first of all, let me say, I'm not young. You might not have noticed, but I'm, I've always been the oldest guy in the room in video games, even from the start. But I, I remember talking to a dean who was telling me his plan was to create a program where they studied all this philosophical stuff, and they could come in and run a video game company. I'm thinking, that, that's, not gonna, that's not how it works. Um, and you're talking about QA. When I look at our management of our producers in development, they almost all came from QA. I mean, it is a way to rise up, and I, I hear disparaging things about it, but it's it's a way to get to get up into the company and get into development. A lot of those people will, and again, it goes back to the people that made the mods. They have a they have a passion. They find a way to to make it to make it work. Uh, one, one last thing: um, video game companies, at the end of the day, are companies, right? So we need marketing people, we need accountants, we need HR professionals, you know, we, we need the other disciplines, right? Operations, project management, uh, software engineering that is not directly coming from a game-related, you know, a career path. So there are other ways to get into the industry. Um, so if you have passion for this, uh, there, there's, there's, some, there's more than one way to get in. Uh, there's no easy way to get in. I think that's, that's the takeaway. Okay. So, all right. <clears throat> you know, you guys have, have been with us through this entire chat, and I don't want you guys to think it's all doom and gloom. <laughs> um, this last question that I have here, it's, uh, I kind of want you guys to, to answer it from two different perspectives. So, um, you know, what are some actionable things that I can do when I leave this talk? And so I Give me, a, give me an answer from someone who's trying to get into the industry and then someone who's trying to change that, that talent path. So be it people from the universities or you know, other gaming executives here. Like, What are some of the things that they can do to work with universities? And what are some of the things that, you know, oh man, I'm really far away from the mic. What are some of the things that uh, people looking to get in can do? So I'll start with you, David. Okay, the first one, let's see. Um, again, the, the way people originally got in, find a way to make games in a portfolio format that game developers look at and will use. You can get a team together and create something that shows initiative. Um, that's, that's still a great way to, to get forward. The other one was on academia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I was in academia, and I did reach out to companies, and I let my ego go and let them design everything and tell me what they wanted. I know the system's not made for that, but it can be done. It has to be with enough skill sets so that they'll get hired. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just doing what, getting skill sets that the industries will use to hire people from. It can be done. Mm -hmm. If you're breaking in, fuck TikTok, work your ass off, and just focus and build your portfolio. Uh, seriously, just like, don't worry about what other people are doing, what they like, don't like. Figure out your discipline as quickly as you can and just start creating. You don't have to have a boss or a paycheck to do it, but do what's interesting to you. Um, if you're in gaming, right, as an executive, it's harder. If you have the influence in your company, uh, and if you're the boss, start prioritizing, right? Get an extroverted recruiter that is willing to break waves and bridge and leverage your local universities, or at least communicate with other recruiters. I think in the pandemic, um, it's almost easier, and I'm seeing it with some people, not everybody, but we're a little bit more tired these days. We try to limit our Zoom calls. We're not maybe going to the career fairs or the in-person stuff because we're dealing with a lot, and it's easy to get overwhelmed with like my laundry and my emails and then turn it off. But just trying to push yourself and prioritize a little bit of time or a small percentage of your time goes a long way. And then if you're an individual in gaming, um, 
you know, it's hard to find the bandwidth and not everybody should be a mentor, but be accessible when someone's asking for help. I, 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 I needed a lot of help. I still need a lot of help, but I'm not afraid to ask for it. At the same time, I have asked for help from people that were seriously at just assholes, right? Like if you don't have time, turn people down gently. If you have a little bit of time, um, mentor and, and look into like the next generation of talent because the number of times I talk to CEOs that are like, I don't know where to find diverse candidates. And I'm like, well, how hard did you look? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, did you talk to Donald, who has literally a booklet of candidates ready to go at every level? It's just, you know, so it's easier to just be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know where things are. And the truth is all of it from every aspect requires work because we are an interdisciplinary industry. There is no through line. None of it makes any sense. Um, so I wanted to, before I go into the actionables, um, I, I didn't mean to say that I wouldn't hire any of you. In fact, <laughs> in fact, probably the people in this room are among the top people that I would love to hire, right? I wanted to make a clarification because this is precisely one of the things that you, I mean, if you want to get into the industry, this is the kind of stuff that you have to do, right? Us in this room are incredibly fortunate to have the badges, right? Um, but it's not you know, who you know at the end of the day, it's who knows you. So engage with other people, meet people in the industry, go to gamer, you know, meetups or you know video game support groups or whatever you know you, you can find um, know people right talk to people there's a lot of kids that are in her you know in, in their basements or in their homes just dreaming about this there are other kids that are out making it happen right so make it happen don't be shy to ask for a connection don't be shy to ask for help if somebody reacts at you like I don't have time for you do you really want to work for that person, right? Do you really want to work for that company? You know, life is too short to deal with, you know, a-holes. Um, but be proactive, start doing stuff, start meeting people, and uh, uh, don't worry about your parents telling you that this is not a good idea. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to do when I was like 13 or 14, a long time ago, I wanted to start a video game company, and I saved it about like this little computer that would plug in the TV, I mean, we're talking about long time ago. And then my dad, who's a banker, thought it was just the dumbest idea ever, right? So I then I thought maybe I wanted to be a classical musician, that was a bad idea too, and then I became an engineer, right? And after a career in marketing, I finally found my way to video game, and my dad told me recently, oh, you know what? I remember when you were young, you know, you wanted this. I always knew that this is what you were meant to do, meant to be. I was like, that's bullshit. Like, you told me that it was, and my dad does not remember telling me that. So things that might shape your life, at the end of the day, they're you know, casual comments made out of love. Yeah. Uh, just stay true to your convictions and start doing stuff. Right on. And I'll, I'll just throw in there, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do a little self-plug. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, those gaming meetups and, and, and communities, you know, I run a, an organization, again, that's said at the, the top of the conversation, ATX Game Makers, uh, and actually we're having an event uh, it's open to everyone. Uh, it's it's going to be all day today. And it's on East 7th Street, 1021 East 7th Street. You have to register. You can do that at the door. But the whole point of that is, as far as an actionable item, tapping into your local communities of game makers and game developers is definitely a leg up. Um, you know, I didn't really answer any of these questions. I was more throwing them out to you guys. But like, that's definitely something when you're looking at that, that pipeline to talent is that you do have to build your own network as well. So definitely make that a, make that a point. And then I want to thank everyone for spending the morning with us in this glorious panel. Glorious um, panel. You guys are glorious. Do we have time for questions? I uh, think so. Yeah, I was going to say, do we? Uh, any, any easy questions from, from the audience? Uh, <laughs> On day four of South By, I finally realized that I have to be ready, because then I won't get to ask my question. Um, so I have 
a few comments. Thank you so much for coming. This has been really eye-opening for me. Um, I'm very excited about all of the conversation that was going on. I would really love to take all four of you out for drinks and respectfully oh, challenge. We go out. Some of the things. I love it. Me too. Um, I might not remember what we talked about the next day, but that's okay. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, y'all were mentioning um, there not being any funding or support for um, companies who need the support. And hi, I'm here. I'm the solution. I'm here local in Austin, and we have so much funding that we want to throw at y'all for helping to upskill, reskill, new talent, all that stuff. Uh, can can we you, take you out? Give your money to My Donald. Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Camarillo. Uh, Jesse, and can we take you out for drinks? Yes. Like, like right now. Jesse, I have, I have lots of friends that want your money. Yes, I have money, and <laughs> yeah. I have, I, we need to talk. Anyway, my, oh, see, I got so excited, I already put my question away. My question is, so y'all were talking about having too many entry-level applicants, not having enough senior level. Can you explain the paradox of not needing a degree versus not having the runway to train in-house? How do they get experience if you don't have the runway, the bandwidth, even things like game jams and yeah. looking over portfolios and all of that takes time and bandwidth yeah. away from product development into more of that community building. So for me, it seems a little bit like a paradox. How have you traversed that so far or what are some of the biggest challenges that you have? I mean, I just put in a formal recommendation at UCI. We have a brand new game design something something program. and. Um, I made a formal recommendation that they need to credit, provide like internship as credit as part of the actual curriculum uh, with a set of rules that the advisor oversees to help with the professional soft skills development, but also just like work something out with the company so that it's almost like a repeated apprenticeship. Uh, Riot, Unity, Think Meta, don't quote me, and two other companies, Microsoft, they do this very well already. But it's it's work. There's nothing there's nothing about your question that just doesn't require elbow grease. It's just, I mean, you guys go ahead. But I I, I would also want to chime in. It's like uh, as far as uh, some of the changes at the studio that I work at, like it came from the top. It was like, hey, yeah. you know, oh, we have all of these senior positions open, this, that, and the other. We don't have any entry level positions open, or we're not looking at people with entry level skills. And so it just became like one of those things. Like, hey, no. We're going to put our foot down. We're going to we're going to hire someone that's super junior, and we will build our schedule around that. You know, and so again, work. Yeah. Next question. Hey. Okay. Good morning. Uh, thank y'all for everything that you shared. I'm Ace. I'm new to the gaming industry. Prior to this, I was at the Google YouTubes, the Facebook, even uh, strategy consulting at Deloitte. So when we're talking about uh, just what they do from a recruiting side, showing up in institutions, basically being a part of that journey, right? When I was at Berkeley Haas Business School right there, like the first people you see before you even see your teachers. So it's like now being on the gaming side, it's like, okay, how does the gaming industry equally plug in to students, to you know, professionals early on in their academic careers to show up in that same kind of way? And so we talked about um, some of the um, resource constraints as it relates to that, but what are some other things, especially now that, okay, we're building a game studio as we speak, it's like how do we attract those talents away, not away, but in lieu of, <laughs> right, like the tech dollars and things like that, uh, you mentioned um, like the, the crunch hours and things like that being a deterrent for folks wanting to go into the game industry, but what are some things that game studios, developers, publishers, et cetera, can do to make it more attractive to want to say, hey, I want to join a game studio and not meta Google? I'm looking at David. Okay. <laughs> the speaker's such, I have a hard time hearing. Can you? Oh. He was saying, what can we do to make our studios look more attractive to hire from to pull recruits from like yeah. Google and other places and stuff like that. You know, it's funny. You just, where'd you go? <laughs> oh, there, no, I was just saying. No, it's funny because uh, that's something we think about a lot. And we, we're, our motto is we entertain the world and we want to be of the world. We have a couple of initiatives. I know we have a, 
program going with Longview ISD, which is a uh, underserved area, and we're working to try to teach kids game making so they can learn um, uh, math, science, technology skills by making video games. Because so many of these places have no realization that uh, they could they could make this as a living. Another thing too, we're talking to um, one of the state representatives here in South Texas because uh, is that me? Yeah, no, you're yeah, fine. Anyways, because uh, they could work, they could live anywhere. We we have we're, we have a lot of remote people, and they they can he can still hold his community and have great paying jobs in uh, the valley. For, in the example of that, part of it is I think a lot of kids that play video games might not know that there's money to be made if they had the skill sets to yeah. make it, and that is part of it's on us trying to find ways to get that. And one of the things we find is like. What C++ programming? Well, in high schools, they don't teach that. They teach scripting because people that can do really well at C++ get hired away and make much, much, much more money than they can teaching high school. So we're um, working with uh, like Prairie View A&M to get some of their students to mentor and have remote learning for schools where they can teach some of these skill sets, especially early on. It's great to get kids early get them to know this stuff and then come up through and we would love to hire uh, we need people so and we need an educated workforce that's why like this government relations I, I fight here in the to keep education strong all over we need that not just not just because it's the right thing to do which it is but because we need an educated workforce and if they've got vouchers and rich kids are taking all the money it, it, we're not gonna have an educated workforce and we're in a global economy and we're gonna lose and we yeah. need that so I, I don't know if that answers any of your also higher, We have yeah. a four, four minutes left on three questions. I, I do, I do want to say one quick thing to, to, to yeah. also address your, your question is um, one of the things that uh, my studio, and I'll, I'll use my studio as an example, the one that I work for, is we push our culture outside. Right, so that when people look at us, they don't see us crunching. They don't hear like it's something we we don't do. Like we're very against crunch. We're very um, strict on how we treat our employees. And so, <clears throat> a lot of that to make our studio more attractive is that we push that kind of thing out there, and and uh, you know, allowing me to go out and speak at events like this when I should be at work, like working on you know video games, but like. That sort of thing allows my studio to be seen as a nice place to work. You know, you don't hear me getting up here talking about, oh man, Farbridge sucks. You know, no, it's a pretty cool place to work. So, that if that answers the question as well. Yes, yeah, so we got two more minutes. I'm so, so sorry. Maybe we yeah, and, and we can stand outside for a little bit if you guys want to continue. If we don't okay. get to the end. Thanks for that panel. Um, my name is Faisal Kalam. I'm from the My Future Foundation. Regarding preparing talent to be able to be hired. Um, you mentioned, I think everyone mentioned that more than a degree, what matters more is uh, the portfolio um, and having created games. But then to create those games, you need certain skills, right? So if you could rethink the education system after high school, what would that look like so that people can create those first games so that they can be hired? Do what USC Games does. The, the USC gaming program has actually done a really good uh, good job. I'm, I'm just trying to keep it brief so we can, but like if you look at the USC gaming curriculum, they do a really good job in making sure that people are getting a well-rounded university education, but they've also split their gaming degree up in ways where you can generally understand all the disciplines and then very quickly specialize. So you figure out in your first year, like what, is, what does it mean to be a concept artist? What does it mean to do environment work? What does it mean to um, be a game designer, level designer? And then they very quickly will specialize you and connect you to industry. And you are put in cohorts to work with other people in different disciplines to start creating. Maybe you don't finish a product, but at least you're getting the experience during your education. And so it's a bit of a hybrid of like kind of that trade apprenticeship slash industry relations slash like doing what it what you do to be a university accredited graduate. Um, the, a, the other thing that I would argue um, for is that you don't have to follow a formal path. Even before finishing high school, YouTube is your friend. There's so much good, solid learning that could be done by watching other people do things, right? And there's even, 
you know, told you want to do a video game. Here's this eight series of YouTube videos where I'm a, you know, not me, but like experienced video game designers tell you everything about it. So start learning as fast as you can, learn on your own. Uh, we live in an extraordinary time of availability of knowledge out there. Uh, and then when you went to college, when you go to college, if you decide to take that path, you will have done a lot of pre-learning that is gonna you know, make your time after high school or even before high school, if you don't finish high school, your time will be more productive. So, thank you. Thank you. We are at time. We're, we're going to stay uh, a little bit. I'm so sorry, but uh, we will be, uh, we'll be here all week. Yeah. Uh, what a wonderful audience. So, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll stand outside. I'm sorry we didn't have enough time for all the questions. Uh, and, and I was telling him to break the rules and just ask. If you, uh, I'm, I'm looking for an unreal engineer. Uh, so come see me if you are an unreal engineer, if you know somebody. Ah, but you want to break the rules? Oh, no, well, I no, wanted you guys. to break the rules. But <laughs> I want to be kicked out. <laughs>